It's so great to serve God. I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. I, if This is what I really feel like. I am 47 years old, and I do feel like there have, was a time of my life that I did miss out. When I thought I was gaining something by missing this, that's when I was missing out. For many of you, you've been on the fence about your relationship with God, and sometimes it has been strong, and sometimes it has been, we'll just say, off. But I will encourage you to live for God wholeheartedly, 100%, 100% effort. Amen? It's worth it. Can I get an amen or a hand clap on that? Yep. Y'all still alive? Listen, we can't, we can't start going to sleep yet because we're, if, you're, everybody, if you're ever wondering how long we're going, there's a big screen back here, or TV screen, that shows the time. You don't even have to look at me and do this. Just point back there. So we're seven minutes in. It ain't time to take a little power nap. John chapter 8, I want to read verses 1 through 6. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives at dawn. He appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? That's where they messed up. Now what do you say? Verse 6, they were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. I want to speak to you this morning from the title, Leave Your Past in the Dust. Leave Your Past in the Dust. When I started to get this sermon together, I thought I had down on paper what God wanted me to say, and about three hours into it, I started crumbling up papers, and I started marking stuff out, and I just had to listen to the voice of God, so if this message speaks to you today, just know I'm only the, I'm only the voice piece. Um, we really take it seriously, this word. And I take it very serious what I'm about to tell you. So everyone has to know that if it goes directly to your heart or if it speaks directly to you, just know that I don't have cameras in your home. <laughs> I don't have a way to tap into your iPhone and spy on you and listen to conversations. I don't want to. And you're glad that I don't. And let me tell you what, more than you being glad of me, I'm glad of you. Because we are all human and we do sometimes act a little bit different than what we portray to everybody, our, our church person, our church person. Now don't take that the wrong way and don't start letting your mind go crazy with that. I'm just saying, my wife and I sometimes have arguments. And you, you see us up here, we're hugged up, loving each other, and she's beautiful, and I'm lucky, and you're like, hey, you just can't get any better than that. I'm sure everything's just perfect. Well, no, sometimes we fight over what we're going to eat. <laughs> sometimes we argue and fuss and fight over mundane things. We're human. We're, we just mess up. Uh, but thank God for her grace. I will say thank God for her grace that she shows me. Me and you know, if you got your wife right beside you right now, just, just say thank you. Just thank you. I love you. Give her a good I love you. Come on now. So what he's dealing with here in this first bit of scripture, and we're going to finish this story out. Many of you know the story already, but he's dealing with scribes and Pharisees. And he's dealing with the ones who, they, they know the law, and, and they know it good. You know anybody like that? You know somebody that you're almost afraid to witness them or tell them about what God's done for you because they know that Bible frontwards, backwards, sideways, up, down, around, and whatever way you want to put it. And they can quote it, and they can dance circles around you. I'm going to tell you what, there's a movie that was put out years ago, this just came to my mind, and it's called Moneyball. Anybody seen this movie? It's about baseball. There's a movie called Moneyball, and this whole topic, the whole uh, main idea of this movie is, and the story about this movie, it's a true story of how a coach who was a nobody, an owner who was a nobody, he took a team and he 
transform this team into going to the playoffs and making a run for the playoffs strictly on the numbers. And he looked at averages. He looked at numbers. He adjusted his lineup strictly on numbers and averages. And they went places. They did some things. But I'm telling you what, there's something to be said about just watching the game, just seeing the game. Well, this average says this, this man is this. He is, by definition of stats and numbers, he's a good hitter or he's a good fielder. But what do my eyes show me? What, what, I, I see some things with my eyes. And so Jesus, in this situation that he was put into, he had men of, of, the, of the law coming to him and saying, we want to speak to you about numbers. We want to speak to you about law black and white, what's written on paper. We want to come to you right now, and we are coming to condemn. We are coming because we want to kill her. The law tells us right here, we need to kill her, we need to stone her. And I'm thinking about right now, the method of murder, the method of killing with rocks. This is not, we're going to just hit you one time. This is getting, we're, we're killing people with rocks, stoning but Jesus was able to see past so much, and he was so full of love. And he looked at them, and he knew how hypocritical that they were. He could see through their facade. He could see through to their heart. He could see through the robe. He could see through the fancy turbans and hats or whatever they wore in that day. And he could look right through to their heart. And he didn't call them out immediately. But he saw right there, he's, he's thinking, you're full of sin right now. And you want me to kill her because you just saw her. You caught her. The only difference between her and you is nobody caught you. Nobody saw you. But you are full of sin and hate. And you're hypocritical. And you say that I love God and I worship God. But in, in, my, in, in their secret life, they're full of sin. Needless to say... They were not popular with Jesus. I don't think that Jesus, I don't imagine that he would back up from anyone. He would not back up from anyone. But I can imagine that it might have been like this, walking down the road with the disciples, and you see a group of them coming towards you, and you know what they think, you know they've got the look, they're, you know they're going to try to hem you up and pin you down in the Word and the law, I can imagine it would be like, why don't we go over here and eat today? Now, I'm speaking of the disciples. The disciples are like, Jesus, why don't we come over here and eat a little bit? Why don't we eat over here at this restaurant today? Why don't we stop over here? Don't you know that Jesus just loved to just walk right up in the midst of them and just say, no, guys, let's meet them head on, face to face. I'm ready for this. Don't you know he was ready don't you know he was thinking about this before they ever said, what say you, Jesus? And he was, you know, he, he knew it already. He's, you know he's thinking, oh, I am so glad. I'm so glad you asked that question. I'm so glad. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for this moment. And I knew it was going to happen. And now we're fixing to get the real you. And we're going to see what's going on here. He called them hypocrites. He called them a brood of vipers. Anybody in here can raise your hand today? You said, I've, I have, I've been called a snake before. Nobody? Nobody? That is a hurtful hurt. When you call somebody a snake, I don't like you. Okay, fine. You're a mean person. There's terms, we, but you just jump out there and you go full on like you're a snake. Wow. Those are fighting words calling someone a snake he knew their heart he knew exactly what they were thinking let me tell you another thing he knew he knew the heart of this woman who was broken defeated as I've said before she was tore up from the floor up and she needed Jesus she needed redemption she needed forgiveness she's a woman who's hopeless she's facing death Many of you have been there before. You're hopeless. It's over. It's over. My life is over. 
What am I going to do? It's over. I've lost this. I've lost this. I've lost that. I've lost so much. It's over. Just kill me. Go ahead and start throwing the rocks at me. Jesus is talking to someone's heart right now today. I believe it in the name of Jesus. He's speaking to you right now and He's saying, You are not over. You are not done with. I am not through with you. I have more. Have we heard a trumpet sound? No. Has the rapture taken place? No. You are still here. You are breathing. You are on this earth. You were put here to love God, give your heart to Him, and work, and work, and lead others to Him. We want to get hung up on so, being so selfish that we're just like, if I could just help, if God could just help me to be saved, if I could just be saved from myself, I can't even forget everybody else. I just need to be saved from myself. Quit being so selfish. Get yourself in line with the Word of God quickly and then immediately start working on your immediate family. Your children, they're downstairs right now. You have men, you have got to be on point. You have got to be in tune with the Spirit. You have got to be able to pray prayers that are powerful and that work because our children are facing a different kind of community and a different kind of world. Don't think for one moment that they're not out there on the elementary playground having somebody whisper in their ear, I know you're a boy, but how do you feel? How do you feel? I'm serious. It's sick. I'm telling you, they're facing. I, the other night, I tried this, or the other night, I tried that. You should come over to our house and just hang out. I can't. My parents don't let me go anywhere. That's okay. We'll just Instagram you and, and FaceTime you, and we'll just we'll get we'll get in your home. We'll we'll I'm we'll the devil's going to get in that home. Parents, get on the phones. I've said it before. Set restrictions. Set limits. Set time limits. When they go to bed and they're, I'm talking about all the way up till about high school. Have a charging port downstairs. Have a charging port in your bedroom. Oh, it's time for bed? Okay, thank you very much. Come charge the phone in our bedroom. It's, we, have to, we have to take precautions. We have to watch out for our children. But what's going to even make us want to do that? I don't want to do that if I'm living a life of sin. And I'm like, you know what? I love the world. I'm living in the world. I love sin. It's a lot of fun. I'm having a good time. This is not really on my mind. Therefore, it's not really on my mind for my family and my children. So get on fire for God. I want to read you uh, Matthew 23 and verse 13. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. Just the first part right there. Matthew 23, the book of Matthew is titled, if you're in your Bible, you can look at some uh, titles sometimes. A lot of Bibles will have a title up above a chapter. And it's called the seven woes. W-O-E-S. The seven woes. Anytime God puts a woe in front of you, you might need to listen. There are times in your life, there are times when God does something, He causes something to happen, and what He's saying is, now I know that I'm using this out of context, and it's not the same way that, that the word is used, and I'm, it's, I know it's probably spelled different. I found out last Sunday, I had a big word up here, persevere and uh, sever, and I spelled it wrong in front of everybody. I apologize, I apologize. Let me tell you something else I missed. There was a great point at the end of that sermon that I failed to tell everybody, and I'm going to just say it right now. I want to preach it because it hit me, and you need to hear it. Samson, we, we talked about Samson last, last week. He went from, this is, I love this because I, it hit me so hard of how he came back, and we were talking about perseverance, and we had to sever and cut away the world and cut away sin. But Samson, his strength was in, it was in his hair, and they, shor they shorn his head, they cut it, they got down to the bald skin, and he lost all his strength. He went from stumble, though. He went from stumble to stubble. They thought, we've got him, we've got him. But then that stubble, everybody look over here at Julio. He's got it. It's starting to come back. But I'm going to tell you what. Some of you need to realize today, you feel like I can't live for God until I've got long flowing locks of strength just flowing down. and my Everything's back in order. Right now, today, 
If you've got that stubble, you've got that just that little bit of growth, it's just barely coming back. And he prayed to God. He said, God, bless me one more time. Give me the strength one more time. And he stood up and he slew more Philistines in the end than he had ever done in his entire life. You can have your greatest victory right now in the time when you feel like you're as weak as all get out. You've been bound. Your eyes have been gouged out. You've been cast to the side and forgotten about. In your mind, you see yourself this way. And God is saying today, you just need to call out to me. I will take your little and I will make it much. Woo! You see, the scribes were the ones that were writing things down. They loved to document things. They loved to maybe write things down and say, I'm going to throw this up in front of you later. I'm going to put this in front of your face later. They knew it very well. They wrote it. They studied it. They lived, though, in the past. They lived in the past. Too many Christians today are too busy reciting their history and going over their history and how they live for God and how they live for the world. I'm sorry, how they live for the world, how they lived a life of sin, reciting their history to themselves over and over, day after day after day. It's like Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. Every morning waking up to that little old transistor, that little small alarm clock radio with Sonny and Cher singing. Uh, I don't even remember the song. I just like, so oh, put your little hand in mine. I don't know the words, but I know the tune. And he wakes up and he's like, oh my God, again, we're going to go look at this animal to see if he comes out of his, sees his shadow and it's the same day and oh you're going to fall in that puddle and you're going to do this oh and I know that you're going to trip and you're going to fall and you're going to ask me that and you're going to hand me a donut and I'm going to spill coffee and this is we have got to be careful that we aren't having a groundhog day moment where we wake up I know that I'm going to be mean to my wife I know that I'm going to yell at my children sometime today I promise you today that I'm going to stumble and I'm going to slip up I'm going to look at something I shouldn't look at I do that every day that's me sometimes it's a little bit later in the day you know I can resist and resist but I'm, I'm going ahead wake up in the morning expecting to mess up it's a terrible way to live and you're too busy reciting your history rather than making history I want us to wake up in the morning and you need to make history. You need to have a new way of life, a new walk, and you absolutely can do it. Can somebody say, I can do it. I believe it in the name of Jesus. We got to have some life in us. We got to have some spunk. We got to have some vibrance in us. We got to believe this. You can't have a team that's on the cusp of a state championship. And they're sitting on the bench on the basketball court or right beside the football field. And the coach is saying, guys, you've got this. You are winners. You know what? You can do this. You are, you are the best team I've ever seen. You can make double plays. You can hit home runs. You can shoot three-pointers. You are the fastest wide receiver in the nation. You don't know it, but I'm telling you, you are. You've got everything within you. You guys can do this. They're not going to win if they're sitting on the bench like this going, I don't, I don't feel it. No, what are they doing? They're like, they're not on the bench. They're standing up. They're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. I know that it's just physical. I know that it's just what we're seeing. It's hype. It is hype. We don't come into this worship service to produce hype. What we're doing is we, we're human. What can we do? What can I do to show God that I'm thankful? If I love my wife, I can only do certain things to just show her I'm, I love her. I can look at her. I can smile. I can kiss her. I can hug her. I can touch her. I can embrace her. I can reach out to her. Physically, I do have to do some things. I cannot sit back and say, you know, I love you. Shoot, I shouldn't have to say it every day. My goodness, you're such a such a burden to me. You want me to tell you every day, I love you. I got to text you. I got to send emojis and all of this. I don't, I'm a guy. I don't want to send emojis. I don't look at my friend Chris Potts and say, hey, the deer really are moving out on that food plot this year. Laughing face, crying face, emojis. 
We're very short. We're men. We say, hey, what's up? Not much. You doing all right? Good. All right, I'll talk to you next week. He's, my friend, I love him to death. He's extremely short. I'll write a pretty lengthy text about something. He'll be like, okay. He doesn't, some of you guys, some of us shorten it up to just the letter K. Just K. Let's just, let's just stay off of our friends. Don't be. Don't be caught up in reciting your history, but rather be one that wants to make history. Focus more, you're focused more on where they've been than where God is trying to take them. People are, people are focused more on where they've been rather than where God is trying to take them. It's not enough to just be able to recite the old stories. Not enough just to have head knowledge. You need this knowledge. Don't sit here and try to pick this sermon apart. I can feel it already. There are people that come to church. They visit to pick. They uh, go to a restaurant. What can I find wrong with that restaurant? That manager, that, that hostess. I just want to, I'm coming here to, I'm a critic. You are a Pharisee and a scribe is what you are. Because the hurting are coming. There's a reason why 130 children and high school age kids come to this church on a Wednesday night. It's not hype. They're hurting. They need something because they're not getting it at home. Because I'm going to tell you what, it's not 130 children and their parents. It's 130 children and high school age kids. They need something. So we're not going to sit here and say, oh, now wait a minute now. A minute ago you said this and then you said this. Here is the real issue at hand. God is looking at some hearts that are hurting and broken and are full of sin. And he's saying, I can give you something right now to change this and change your direction. You need head knowledge. Obviously, you need to know the Word of God. I just said that a second ago. I realized that. But also, you cannot just rely on just the old stories, the old past, and just the head knowledge. You have got to have a relationship that is with your Heavenly Father. It has to be more than just a letter because the Bible says that the letter killeth, but the Spirit will make us alive. So I don't call a brother of mine who looks at a certain part of this Bible and he translates it in his mind a different way than me and we get together and we have just a friendly Bible. We just have a friendly Bible study. I mean, I love you, you love me. Oh, really? Mm, body shot. Oh, really? Mm, 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 mm. Man, come on now. You're my brother. I love you. I love you. You're my brother. The Spirit makes alive. So we cannot ever let ourselves shift and turn and go towards the hypocritical, pharisaical. I wish I'd have pulled up a picture of these guys. They just look like they're snooty. I mean, even in that day, living in the past will absolutely kill what God has in store for you. He said, Woe unto you Pharisees who think I am the God of yesterday. He is not the God of yesterday. He is the God of right now. He is not the great I used to be. He is the great I am. Read your Bible. He does not say, I'm the great I used to be. I am the great I used to be. Look at what happened years ago. It can never happen again. Hate your luck that you were born in 2000 or 1900 and whatever. Hate your luck. You're doomed for failure. You're doomed to sin. You're doomed to hell. No, he tells us we have hope. He ha we have hope through him. Able to quote all the old verses, but unable to believe it for yourself. Go with me to Matthew chapter 23. In verse 37, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you. As a church body here at Covenant Church, we will have people that come to us. It has happened as recently here in the last 
Well, it happens every service. I'll say this. There are those that come to us that are hurting and they're lost. We will always, always be the church that has open arms and embraces people and says, you are hurting. You are hurting. Come and hear the love of Jesus. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets, we will not kill these people. Covenant Church, we will not kill these people. We will love these people. It says, and stone those sent to you. We will not look at the ones that come to us and say, you've messed up too bad. You've done too much. Even those that have been put in prison, what are we doing at Covenant Church? We are going to the prison. Because those, they're, that's too much. They've been removed from society. And so what are we doing? We, Julio, let's, put, let's give honor and, and where honors do. Thank you, Julio. Now, I would like, Julio, please stand. And now, any other man or woman, if you've been with Julio, and I want you to all stand, if you've ever been with him in the jail ministry in Cherokee County or Beto unit in the prison, please stand. Please take, please, please. Oh, yeah, Mario. Mario just had back surgery. I know that was tough. We're praying for healing, healing for our brother Mario. Listen, you don't have to have an O on the, the end of your name to be part of the prison ministry. We've got Julio, Mario, Briannio. Well, you know what? What's funny is when we were dating, her name is Brienne. Her name is Summer Brienne. It was Summer Brienne Pate. And I, I messed it up and I changed it to a driver. Come on, that's a joke. It's not a bit. But... We, every call, everybody called her Brienne, but I, as, as dating her, I shortened it and I called her Brie, and then I started calling her Brito. You remember that? I called, so maybe you do need an O on the end of your name to be part of the prison ministry and the jail ministry. I want to give uh, honor to my wife. She, how many did you, women did you baptize in Cherokee County Jail the other day? 11 or 12? 11 plus? 11 plus ladies. That was something that came about through Julio, and uh, we got some efforts that went into the jail ministry and a lot of Bible study, and then opening their eyes to, hey, you're not forgotten about. There is more for you. And I'm telling you what, God is moving in the jails. God is moving in the prisons. God's moving all over this place. He's moving all over Cherokee County. It's just, are you going to be a part of it? Are you going to reach out and say, Lord, I need you. I feel you. I've got to have more of you. I'm not feeling you right now, but I want to feel you. You know, there were those in the Bible who said, Lord, help me in my unbelief. I'm hard. I'm cold. I don't really feel what everybody's... The presence of God. The presence of God. They talk about the presence of God. They feel the Spirit. What is this Holy Spirit? What is this? I, don't, I went to church. I wasn't stirred at all. The music was great, and they had some good coffee. But other than that, I didn't feel anything. I'm going to tell you what, you're in a dangerous place. You are in a dangerous place because you were created by God to worship and worship alone. We were created to worship Him. Where we got sidetracked is we thought we were created to make $100,000 a year. We thought we were created to be the best sports. We, were, we thought we were created to be the best musician. We thought we were created to be the funnest, the funniest, the most popular. No, no, no. We were created to worship. So when you go back to, the, to what you were created to do, then I'm going to tell you what, everything else falls in line. How do you worship God? You worship God with your mouth. You've got to say that I worship you, Lord. I praise you, God. What do, how do you worship God? It's what you listen to, what goes into your, your soul, through your gate. This is the gate to your soul, these eyes. And I know I'm stepping on some toes right now. Because I know that we don't all listen to and look at exactly what we need to be looking at and listening to. And we're not worshiping God within our, within our soul and our spirit. We are not doing what we were called to do. And when you don't do something what it was made to do, I'm going to tell you what, things can get messed up and, and in a bad way. You don't take a chainsaw, rev it up, full throttle, and go over to the, to the construction site where all the guys are working with a chain on it. It's ready to cut. 
And they're over there framing up a wall. And I'm going to hammer this nail in with this chainsaw. You're going to kill, maim, and destroy everybody around you. There's going to be limbs missing. There's going to be blood on the walls. EMS is in route. And I'm going to tell you what. When you don't do exactly what you were called to do and you begin to use this temple and what God blessed you with, the very breath in your lungs and the heartbeat in your chest, the hands and feet, we are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus and spread the good news and the gospel of Jesus Christ and we don't use what our body was designed to do by God Himself, God Almighty, we're taking this tool and we are using it in the wrong way. And I'm going to tell you what, the enemy will jump right in there. And he will do exactly what he was called to do. And he will steal, kill, and destroy. He will steal, kill, and destroy you. He will steal, kill, and destroy your wife, your marriage, your family, your work, everything. He will steal, kill, and he will absolutely destroy. So I... This is not in my notes. I praise God that many times in these sermons, He moves on me to say something. It's only God, thank you, Jesus, that you prompt me and you give me things to say. Because I'll tell you what, I can't write enough notes and I can't think far enough ahead and I don't have good enough memory to think of all the things that come out of this mouth. So thank you, Jesus. But I'm telling you what, I'm saying this because somebody needs to hear it. God is saying to someone today, leave your past behind. Jesus was ready to rewrite their future. He was ready. He was ready. He had pen in hand, out, ready to rewrite this future. And they were unwilling. They were unwilling. We're happy. We're fine. We don't need a new end to this story. We know what's going to happen. You're not the Messiah, and we will not worship you. I am here to heal you. He was doing it right in front of them. The lame rise up and walk. Blinded eyes open. Limbs that are crooked straighten out. I'm going to tell you what. If there can be a mindset in the human race that can see visible miracles and still deny it and say no to it, the dispensation that we are living in right now It would be very easy because maybe you've never seen a limb grow out. Maybe you've never seen waters parted. And so therefore, it's easy for you to doubt and lack faith. But let me just tell you what. Here we go again. Jason Ray, please stand up. I will tell you what. You may not have seen it, and you may not have been there in person, but this man's blood pressure was 80 over 40. 60, I'm sorry, I gave him too much pressure. 60 over 40 with a, with a body temperature of 84 degrees. Anybody in here in the medical field, any type of medical field, raise your hand, raise your hand. I am. Come on now, be proud. All right, we're in trouble if something happens to a lot of us. We've got about two or three nurses in here, the little LVNs, and we no doctors. <laughs> we do have one doctor in the house. I don't know if he's in here, but listen. 120 over 80, normal, normal body uh, blood pressure. 98.6, 98.6, normal body temperature. 84 degrees. We say like a video on YouTube I've seen. Oh, he did. Oh, he did. He was gone. Thank you, Jason. You can be seated. I wanted to tell you that to build your faith because he went from that and the doctor saying, call the, call the minister, go ahead and call the funeral home, call everybody because he's going to die. He's dead. We're, he actually did die. He coded. We brought him back. He is currently alive on medicine only. And as soon as we quit injecting medicine into his veins, he's, he's going to die. He's, I mean, his body temperature is 84 degrees. And prayer. And I'm not... <clears throat> See, this is what you got to realize. When you're in a situation, you call out to God with some fervency. you got to call out to God in a, in a strong way, in an urgent way. God, I need you. God, I need you. i got to have you, Lord, save my husband. 
I'm sitting in, I'm at work and I'm sitting in front of, I'm standing in front of a locker and there's grown men all around me and I'm sitting there going, Jesus, please save my, my brother. Lord, in the name of Jesus, out loud, Lord, in the name of Jesus, save my friend, save my friend. And what do those guys do? Thank God I got some good men around me. They want to come up, put their hand on my shoulder, whatever he needs, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we just pray right now that you, and prayer, and prayer, and prayer, and prayer, and it become a chain of prayer. And we, then you got a prayer going up. And guess what? He recognized our voice and he heard our cry and he knew the call because we've been praying a lot already Sunday nights for an hour, fasting, prayer, praying during the week, just praying and praying and praying. Why are we praying? Why are we trying to get close to God? We don't know. We don't know. We don't really. Just get close to God. Just get close to God. Why? Because it fell on him. The lot fell on him. We don't know when, where it's going to fall next. So be ready, be ready, be ready. Be, be in touch with God, be in tune with God. Let Him know your voice. When you cry out, He needs to hear your voice. He needs to know your voice. The Pharisees said, she's been caught. You have to kill. So remember, they, they love to write things down. They love the law and they love to look at it. And they read the law and they say, she's been caught. You have to stone her. Period. Emphasis on... Period. Jesus, we got you. <laughs> oh, we got you. She was caught in the very act of adultery. And she has to be stoned. Period. Now, now, what do you say, Jesus? I'm going to tell you right now, today, some of you are wanting to put a period... On your life, where you're at, and your circumstance. And God right now is wanting to reach up with that mighty hand. That finger that He used to write in the sand and the dust. And He's wanting to reach right up there beside you and just draw out a nice big old comma. And you're wanting so bad to have a period. And everyone else around you is putting a period on you and saying, this is it. This is the end. A period is the end of a sentence. You've already sentenced yourself to hell. You've already sentenced yourself to a life of loss. You've sentenced yourself to a life of dismay and hurt and sin. And you went ahead in your own mind and you put a period at the end. If you will come to the Heavenly Father like He so badly wants you to, and you say, God, I'm here. I'm here waiting. I'm, I'm, I'm moving. I'm moving to you. I want more of you. And he's right there to just with that mighty finger and just put a comma. Because that comma means something else is coming. Amen. When I'm reading in my Bible, when I'm reading a book, and I read, and it's amazing how your mind works. You know, you're reading the words, and you see the comma, but you're not even there yet, but you kind of feel it, and it's just like a natural pause. And they went down the road, and they begin to look at things. And then, you know how we read. We know how to read. They do. Hey, we know how to read. Pray for your kids, because they do into a four-day school week. They don't know how to write cursive. If you ever want to fool your kids... If you ever want to talk in code, do it. you can do it right in front of them. Just write a note to your husband across the table in cursive. Just slide it across. I didn't know y'all knew Swahili. What language is this? What speakest thou? Uh, it's cursive. I learned it in the fourth grade. This is an S. Oh, well, uh, and this, really, throw, a ca throw a lowercase z cursive Z on them. <laughs> throw a capital Z. Some of them, you know, they're going to they're gonna try to translate it a little bit, but you pretty much got them when you go cursive on them because this is what they do. A, B, C, I don't know the rest. Oh, it spell checked it. It corrected it for me. I need to meet you at Whataburger at 9 a.m. It comes out. It looks like gibberish and garbage, but, they, garbage, but they, they know what they're saying to each other. Hey, it works both ways. Be careful. They can speak to each other in little A, B, C, and R, R F, O, L, L, and, and, and dot, 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 dot. You might need to learn their language too. 
All right. But they said, we, we want to kill her, or we, you have to kill her, period. God's saying, I want to put a comma in here. You're, so many times, this is what we do. We're thinking about what we used to be. What we used to be. When God is looking at us, and today He's saying to many people right now, it's past time, it is high time for you to be used to be. You need to be used. You need to be used. Are you hearing me? Not, don't get hung up in the, I used to be this. I used to be that. I used to be that. No, God is saying today, give your heart to me. Turn your heart over to me and I will use you. You will be used to be something great. You will be used. I will use you. I will use you to be something mighty for me. Something great for my kingdom. But, oh, you don't know me, God. You don't know all of the hurt and the pain that I've brought my family. You don't know everything that I've done. You don't know how far in sin that I have stooped so low. If you've been knocked down, people need to see you're getting up. There is a lot of Empty hearts. There's a lot of broken homes. There's a lot of broken marriages. There's a lot of broken things in this world. And there's a lot of hopelessness. And it does somebody some good to hear some positive good things coming out of a covenant church or out of your mouth. Let it come out of your mouth. But what do we got to do? We got to get past the selfishness of, save me, God, save me. Poor, pitiful me. Just help me, God, help me. Yes, we want you to get on board. We want you to get help and immediately get right with God and immediately go to work. We got a class. It's called the Pillars class. It's our next steps. So if you've never been to the next step class and you don't know anything at all about God and you don't know anything about this word, four classes on a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning. Show up. Get your butt in there and learn about the Bible. Get it in your soul. Get it in your heart. I haven't been baptized. I'm thinking about it, but I haven't been baptized. Get baptized. Give your heart to God. Be baptized in the name of Jesus. Watch the power just be unleashed in your life. Get in that class. Some of you, you've never been. Some of you, you've been and you need to go through it again. You need a remedial. You need some CE hours. Some of y'all need some CE hours on this Bible. Some of you need this. Let's go in Hebrews chapter 3. Praise team, y'all can come on up. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 through 13. It says this. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called Today, because there will come a time when you will not have today. If you don't believe it, know there are signs all over the place in this world. We just came through COVID-19 and we just got a glimpse of what this world can be. We just got a glimpse of future prophecies that are coming where we can't buy and sell our trade. The Bible says buy, sell, or trade. And you don't think that can happen? How, you couldn't go into a roadhouse. You couldn't go get your favorite dude hamburger unless you had a mask on, unless you fit the, fit the criteria. Unless you had exactly what the government said, you have to have this, this, and this, and you can't come in here. Believe me, I don't stand for that mess. I remember when it first happened, we went to uh, a barbecue place in Tyler on Broadway, South Broadway. It's on the right. I can't remember the name of it. I don't want to call them out. They're good. I like them. I haven't been back since, which was like 2020. I walked in there. We get our trays, and uh, we're, we're getting ready to order. I'm like, oh, yeah, sliced brisket. Yep. Sausage. Yep. The menu. I just said, yes. Do you want brisket or sausage? Yes. Potato salad, beans, and coleslaw? Which one? Yes. We have three desserts. Yes. That's, I walked in there ready. I'm ready to make those decisions and jump in there and do that. The man says, uh, sir, you can't order unless you have a mask. We have masks available if you'll put a mask on. The idiocy. I'm going to wear a mask here to my table. I'm going to take it off over there and I can eat. Okay, so I, this is what I did. I embarrassed my family. I know. I said, I will not wear a mask. I am not going to wear I'm not going to wear a mask. 
I'm having, I'm having my moment with the manager. Now look, it, wasn't, it didn't get crazy, but I, I did. I said, I am not going to wear a mask to order my food and walk through this line to go take it off there at that table. Unbeknownst to me, my family, several of them had already done this when I started talking. But I ain't, I ain't selling them out. They, what it is, I'll just take up for them. They're like, well, we know we're not going to eat here because I'm not going to change my mind. We out. We out. But it was a little bit of this. Oh, my God, Dad, please, are you kidding me? You could have just walked out. No, you got to say something about mask. We know you don't like mask. Let me tell you, this world is changing, it's changing, it's changing. The signs are all around. We've heard about the signs. We've heard it from our papa. We've heard it from our mama. We've heard it from everybody in our past. And I don't want to dwell on the past because there's a future that needs to be rewritten. And I'm going to tell you what, God is wanting to rewrite your future. There's a great hope. There's a great future for all of us. It's called heaven. Hey, it's called heaven. Yes, this world is going to hell in a... Handbasket, yes, we know the saying, it is, but we have hope, and we have hope that is above all hopes. Our Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, and we can be in a moment of forgiveness, asking God, forgive us, and we can be baptized in that sweet, precious name of Jesus, the one that will save us, and then be refilled or filled for the first time with His mighty, mighty, mighty Holy Spirit and be born again. I refuse to be a woke preacher. I am not going to be drinking what other preachers drink, this woke cola I will not have that in my system. I won't be a woke preacher just saying, oh, this goes and that goes. and Oh, yeah, oh, but I, I really like him and he's my partner and, and, I, and yeah, 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 and, and, and you just don't get it. Things have changed. You're, a, you're an old fuddy-duddy. You know, you just, you got gray hair and you, and no, no, uh-uh. We're not going to be woke. For those that are woke, I got something to say. Wake up. My goodness, we can't, they can't even say the word correctly. We, we woke. We woke. No, wake up. Wake up. This word is still the truth. We will stand by this. Stand with me today. Stand with me today. I know you're with me. And I know that we are powerful and mighty in the name of Jesus. He is still a God of separation. Can I get an amen on that? It's Hey, it's still fasting and prayer. It is still being dedicated. It's still come out among them. It's still remember the Sabbath and to keep it holy. Marriage is still a sacred covenant between a, a man and a woman. A man... And don't forget the middle part. A woman. A man and a woman. That is still. Now listen, it's not me saying that. It's not this world saying that. It is the Word of God. And if you think this was just made up recently, go to some library. Go to the oldest library in the United States of America and look around. And you can find a King James Version in there somewhere. Or go over to England somewhere and find the oldest Bible you can find hundreds of years ago. And open it up and just go, oh, that's old. That's some old word. Guess what? It lines up perfectly to this word right here that is nice, leather bound. It actually lines up to the word of God that you can find on your high tech cellular device. Same word, same God, same healing power, same deliverance, healing the same lost people that roamed this earth back in the. In, thousands of years ago living in sin and the same one he did it then he can do it again there is a real heaven and there is a real hell heaven hell you must repent you must be baptized and you must be born again of the water and of the spirit it's simple don't deny it don't try to water it down don't try to find out how you can skip around and, and skirt around the issues of, of, of the word of God the you can't get around 
the whole the cold hard facts I want us to look again at the woman caught in adultery I've got to turn there in my Bible because I, I shut it turn to John chapter 8 I want to read to you right now verses 7 through 11 when they kept on questioning him he straightened up and said to them oh I, I kind of the straightening up part let's just stop right there I kind of see it like this now I, y'all know don't, don't nitpick the sermon y'all know how I do this is me this is Jeremy Driver interpreting it in my way how I see it he straight he straightened up I just could see him just be like let me tell you something let hold up wait a minute He straightened up and said to them, If any one of you is without sin, comma, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time the older ones first until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you. Can I get an amen from somebody who has had this happen in your life? Jesus declared, Go now and leave your life of sin leave your life of sin leave it in the dust I want you to look I've got one more picture that I want to put up here I want us to leave our life of sin leave it in the dust go back to the other one I didn't realize it but this entire sermon we had the pictures flip flop that I wanted but that's okay this is the end let me have the other one let me tell you why we needed that one because this was my point at the end she wrote herself into a huge mess she just she just wrote it all out she wrote this huge mess this world will just write you off it will write you into oblivion and forget about you and drop you off at the nearest bus station but when that hand comes out that finger that wants to put a comma in your life and not a period he's going to reach down and he's going to begin to write and he's going to write out a new future for you and he's going to write this future out that nobody understands but maybe but you and you maybe nobody knows that you were going to be a Sunday school teacher maybe nobody knows that you were been called into the ministry maybe about nobody knows that you've got a great voice maybe nobody knows that you want to do certain things for God but he knows he knows your heart he knew her heart he knew that heart and he began to write things that we were never told what he wrote could it be that he was writing some future? You know, I've heard preachers say over the years that he was writing, possibly writing down names of men that could have been with her and they all felt condemned. They felt like hypocrites. And so then therefore they started dropping their stones like I can't say nothing because I was with her back on last Wednesday. Oh, I, well, I, I can't say anything because I was, I've been with her too. But I want to look at it in a different way today. Maybe he was writing down a new future. Maybe he was writing out a new ending to this story where there was a period and he writes down here, gets down here and puts a comma. And he begins to write out something new. He begins to change what she thought about herself. And he puts it there in the dirt. And he says, look at this. And she sees it. But over here, there's a part where it's all her past. And he said, just leave, just leave it. Just leave it in the dust. Just leave it in the dust. Just walk away from it. Walk away from it. Just leave it in the dust. I'm telling you today, there's somebody here that needs to hear this message because you have put a period in your life. And you have given up on yourself. Others have given up on you. You feel like others have given up on you. If you're a member of Covenant Church, I'm going to tell you what right now. We will never, ever, ever give up on you. If you walk away from this church, it's because you walk away from this church. It ain't us walking away from you. I will love you and love you and love you because I've got to do what God said. 
I've got to turn that cheek. I've got to offer forgiveness. Time and time again. I want to read one more scripture if they have that for me. Psalms 45 verse 1. My heart is stirred by a noble theme as I recite my verses for the king. My tongue is the pen of a skillful writer. My tongue is a pen of a skillful writer. I'm going to tell you what, you've asked, you've asked yourself today and some of you have been talking to yourself in your own mind and your own thoughts because you're not leaning on God Almighty. You're not leaving on our, our comforter, our helper, our, our deliverer. You don't have that yet. And so you're sitting there in the pew and you're thinking, what am I going to do? What can I do? How, how can I turn away from sin? How can, how can I do this? What do I do? Your tongue is powerful. He says, I will bless the fruit of your lips. I will bless the fruit of your lips. So today, there's going to be a time where we can come to this altar and we can say something to God. We can give Him something to bless. I can't bless anything unless you give me something to work with and bless. So you, man, you, ma'am, you need to raise your hands either at this altar or in a pew and you need to begin to say things like this. I will be more than a conqueror. I will not be defeated in the name of Jesus. Father, I need your help. Lord, I need your love. I need your deliverance. Father, I will be the husband that I need to be. I will be the wife that I need to be. I will be the father that I need to be. I will be the mother that I need to be in the name of Jesus. And he says, thank you for saying that. I will take that. I will take that little bit and I will make it much. Yes, you stumbled. But now I see with that word and what you're saying to me, I start to see a little bit of stubble growth up here on the crown of that head. And you may be thinking, I don't know if I can handle this. I might need to cut it off. I might need to get rid of it. Because we know what happens when a new growth happens. What happens when we, men, we know this. Women, you don't know this. But when we cut that hair, we know that when it starts to grow back, it starts to itch. And it starts to bother us. And we're like, man, I don't know, man. This is, this is bothering me. But I'm telling you, don't, don't go back. Don't go backwards. Don't cut it back off and get it all smoothed up. Let it grow. Let it blossom. Let that strength come back. Day after day after day, He's wanting to write you a new future. And you use that pen. You use the words of your lips, the words of your mouth. And when it comes up inside you, and you want to be negative, and you want to go, and I used to be, and I used to be this, and I used to be that. You say, no, in the name of Jesus, by the Word of God, I will be used to be something mighty in the name of Jesus I will not go back to my past I will not be a used to be I has been and someone that was forgotten in the name of Jesus every head bowed and every eye closed no looking around this is a time right now where we need to really reflect on what God is speaking to us and if he's speaking to you right now and he said to you today you've been dealing in your past too long it's time for you to let me rewrite this future. It is time for me to move on you. And it is time for you to be used to be something great for me. And if that's you today, I want you to start to raise a hand. If, you, if that's you, raise your hand. Hands going all up over the building. There's hands everywhere. I see that hand, sir. Ma'am, I see that hand. Those hands that are going up, that's powerful. Right now, what you're doing... With that hand up in the air is what you're doing is you're saying, Devil, no more. Devil, no more will I be a used to be. You can lower your hand. If you want to take another step, those of you that raised your hand and you want to come to this altar and have someone pray with you, Right now, I'll open up these altars. These altars are open. If, if that's you, if you want to come down here and make a new commitment, if that's you and you say, I, I need some help. I've got to have something. Something's got to change. I need something. Come on, let's give praise. Let's give some praise to what God's doing right now. Let's give thanks right now. Come on, church. Let's give honor and glory to God. Let's give honor and glory to God for what He's doing for somebody else. He's about to move in somebody's life. He's about to change somebody's life. Come on up here, prayer team. We need to pray with these people. Come on. He's wanting to do something mighty and powerful.
like this and just pull up the corner of the rug and just kind of just kind of brush it just kind of kick it just, just sweep it under the rug that's good it's so so important that you take something like this and apply it to your you have to see with eyes of faith I know you don't see yourself the way that you had hoped to be 20 years ago. What you are now. 
I know you don't see that. I get that. I was there. I know that. I got to a place in my life and I realized, what, what have I become? What, what am I? What has happened? I am not what God called me to be. I am not the tool of praise and worship that He called me to be. But your eyes have been opened today. I said it to you. I said it, but God is saying it through His Word today. And you need to realize this is not just a man speaking today. This is the Word of God. I am speaking to you today the Word of God. When I share with you the, the woman that was called in adultery in that story, you have to know that if He did it once, He will do it again. He will do it for you in 2023 in Rusk at Covenant Church in your car where you're at if you didn't receive everything that you needed right now at this very moment do not quit do not quit seeking after God seek after Him seek after the things of God day after day after day and reach for Him and reach for Him move towards Him He will meet you in your need I promise you we cannot get hung up on resist the devil and he will flee resist resist Resist, resist, just a stance like this all the time. Just resist, just resist. Sometime or another, you got to take a stance of this right here where we're, here's where we get around and get after God and go after Him. We get hung up, resist the devil, resist the devil, and He will flee. Resist, re go after God, go after God. Run after Him. Go hard after Him. Run after Him. Chase Him. Chase Him. Run after Him. Pursue Him. I love you very much. You need to be here tonight for six, at 6 o'clock for prayer. You are dismissed. May the Lord, His face shine upon you. May He keep you. In the name of Jesus, we bless you. In the name of Jesus, you can do it. In the name of Jesus. Encourage your brother and sister. If it's your first time here, we'd love to.